DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Mauritius, thank you once again for joining us. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. It's wonderful to talk about the Holy Rule and how it impacts our lives if we sit and really ponder the teachings. Mm -hmm. And in this particular episode, we're going to take a look at a very important one in place of idleness work. Now, We're pretty industrious here in the United States. We like to think that we work really hard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It will be interesting to see how that can be a spiritual help to us. Yes. Yeah, you are right. This is my observation, too. There's not much idleness, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but a lot of work. Um, This word, idleness, is taken from the rule, actually. It's a quotation of the rule. Um, St. Benedict says in chapter 48 of his holy rule, idleness is the enemy of the soul. But work can also be harmful sometimes. Mm -hmm. So maybe before we talk about a good way of working and how St. Benedict sees work and labor for his monks, we should also address that there is a danger Um to work too much, to be overworked. Even from the beginning, when you think about the Genesis, the beginning of the Holy Scriptures, work actually didn't have a good connotation and a good taste. Why? We read in Genesis three, twenty-three. So the Lord God banished the man from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. This is what God said. Mm -hmm. So actually, when we look back, we see that work was kind of a punishment. And sometimes we still feel this today. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing in St. Benedict's rule is that he sees work as something positive and gives us some tools how to understand it in a good and healthy way, healthy for our spiritual life especially. Actually, our dream is that we could reach a day in our life where we don't have to work anymore. (laughs) Or maybe even better, let the others work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let they slave for me. 
This wouldn't be true for the monks. It is not an ideal for the monk not to work anymore. Why? Because the work helps him to bind his thoughts, to bind by, by a manual labor, to bind his thoughts in order to free his mind. I guess the best thing is I read to you the chapter 48 so that you, mm -hmm. that you can understand easier. This chapter 48 is on the daily manual labor. St. Benedict says, Idleness is the enemy of the soul. Therefore, the brothers should have specified periods of manual labor, as well as for prayerful reading. We believe that the times for both may be arranged as follows. From Easter to the 1st of October, they will spend their mornings after prime till about the fourth hour at whatever work needs to be done. From the fourth hour until the time of sext, they will devote themselves to reading. But after sext and their meal, they must rest on their beds in complete silence. Should a brother wish to read privately, let him do so, but without disturbing the others. They should say none at a little earlier, about midway through the eighth hour, and then until Vespers they are to return to whatever work is necessary. They must not become distressed if local conditions or their poverty force them to do the harvesting themselves. When they live by the labor of their hands, as our fathers and the apostles did, then they are really monks. Yet all things are to be done with moderation on account of the faint-hearted. So here we can see that St. Benedict, as always, is moderate. He sees the problem of being overworked and he don't want to see his monks saddened by a too big load of work. On the other hand, he sees the temptation of being lazy or being, being idle. Maybe you have the experience as well. When you don't do anything for a couple hours or a couple days or a couple weeks, this might be okay. But then there will be a certain point where you long for any kind of meaningful occupation again. So if you ask somebody who was unemployed or is unemployed, this is really against his dignity. It is good to have a work. It is good to have your occupation. Just to do nothing is not satisfying. And as for the monk, what happens is that the monk has enough time to do stupid things. When Benedict talks about labor and work, he wants that the monk's hands are occupied in order to set the, his mind free to pray. That is the basic idea. We must imagine 
that the early monks, the desert fathers in Egypt, they worked steadily. In between, they interrupted the work for the prayer, but they wanted to be occupied, especially wanted their hands to be occupied. So, for example, they were weaving baskets, doing very simple manual labor. And while they were working, they prayed. They prayed the Jesus prayer, for example. And maybe you have a similar experience with very simple kind of works. So, for example, doing the dishes or um, other things that are very simple and you could even say monotonous. Um, sometimes that helps to repeat this very simple. Doing helps to pray because your mind is free to pray. It was interesting when you brought up uh, in the Holy Scriptures that beginning, the Genesis, mm -hmm. and how work was a toil, essentially, mm -hmm. for man. And yet we are created in the image of a creator, mm -hmm. one who did, who creates this, creates that, creates this, and then he gives it and gives and gives. He gives away. Father Mauritius, is there a line between work that would cross the line and become toil as opposed to the work in which we're participating in a creative act? Very much so. I think for Benedict it was not such a problem because he established these times of prayer during the day. Mm -hmm. So the prayer forces you to interrupt your work and just to stop working. So this would be one thing as an answer, an attempt of an answer. If you cannot stop to work, this is, this is a bad sign. Mm -hmm. Or in other words, if you cannot let go the work, if you are too attached to what you do, if the work occupies your heart, your thoughts, if the work hinders you to pray, if the work hinders you to stay connected with God, then one should think about a change. And St. Benedict sees this problem in chapter 57, which is on the craftsmen of the monastery. He says, if there are artisans or craftsmen in the monastery, they are to practice their craft with all humility, but only with the abbot's permission. If one of them becomes puffed up by his skillfulness in his craft and feels that he is conferring something on the monastery, he is to be removed from practicing his craft and not allowed to resume it unless, after manifesting his humility, he is, to, he is so ordered by the abbot. So the, mm. the, this is a nice uh, passage. Somebody becomes puffed up <laughs> by his skillfulness. So this would be in another um, limit that is set here. Um, for Benedict, it's actually more important that you have just something to work. It's not so important what you do. 
you are right that the Creator has entrusted us this world um, and he wants us to be uh, people who cooperate with his creation and as missionaries, I'm a Benedictine missionary, work is also uh, part of our missionary efforts. However, as monks, it is not so important what you do, how much you do, how successful it is. It is just important that you do something meaningful. Actually, this passage and this rule is not easy to be followed today because the ways how we work, many of us at the computer, for example, or in offices, is not really what St. Benedict had in mind when he talked about labor. Mm -hmm. He thought about manual labor. And manual labor actually is so healingful because it gives you a sense, a meaning in your life because you can sense something. When you touch something with your hands, when you sense something that gives you sense in your life. I think this is another purpose of this paragraph. In short, the ideal would be to have just manual labor in the monastery. Nowadays, because of our pastoral responsibilities, It is sometimes not possible. We have other work to do also, intellectual work. But still there, you can try to stay connected while you are working with God and with Christ. This would be the, the goal. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict. A spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. Glorious St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue, pure vessel of God's grace, behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always, so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. Graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, 
compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession, confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of His loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm reminded of that passage in Corinthians 13 where you can have all these spiritual gifts, but if you don't have love, they're yes. nothing. And it, it can be translated in, into mm-hmm. this as well, can it? Absolutely. This is wonderful that you mention it. When we encounter situations uh, in which we do hard to work. We don't love the work. The work is a burden. Ah, These kind of situations. What helps is to connect our work with love. To ask ourselves, for whom do I work? Many people have a picture of their family in their office. This is wonderful. It reminds them, this is the people I'm working for. For their sake, I'm working. So whatever you do, and if it is the least kind of work, you can still make it meaningful by giving love into this work. And if you cannot find anybody for whom you for whom this work is done, or if you just cannot see it meaningful, you can still offer it up for somebody. You can say, I do it now for... And think about somebody who needs your prayer. You can do this all the time. There is no, There are no limits to this ex- spiritual exercise. That whatever you do has a meaning because it is done out of love. You know, the ideal would be that we would be able to do work that it brings us a great deal of joy. Mm-hmm. It would be work that uses our talents and it gives us a tremendous happiness. Mm-hmm. But in reality, Father Mauritius, isn't it true that for most of the people, 
of the world work is toil. Mm -hmm. It is toil. And so entering, connecting it with the sacred, Mm -hmm. that's how it becomes holy. Yes, I agree. I fully agree. I think we should strive to find a work that fits our talents and that brings joy. So we're not talking about purposely to put a burden on somebody. Mm-hmm. And this St. Benedict is very clear in this regard. So, but yeah, it is just a reality that we have to work and that work doesn't always taste nice. And St. Benedict makes, tries to make work prayer, the prayer. This is all. The prayer um, limits the work and also fills the work. So it's not about working. Work is not the ideal of the monk. It is prayer. The priority is always the prayer. But if we have to work, and it seems there is no, no way around, we should at least try to influence this work with our prayers. It is in a real way for many people an opportunity to embrace the cross, isn't it? And to embrace the cross with love. It's not a concept we that comes naturally, does it? That is true. And um, again, it um, we should all also follow our nature. I must say, personally, I have experienced in my community, in my monastery, an extreme generosity towards my person um, in terms of offering me positions and work that gives me fulfillment. And Mm -hmm. if you look in other monasteries, the same is the case. The abbot always tries to find a work that really fits to the brother. I think this is important. But on the other hand, what you said to embrace the cross, or in other words, to embrace what you cannot change, this can make you free. This can make you free. When you find out, wow, I can do this work, and slowly but surely I find some joy in it. Those kind of things. And Or as I said, to offer it up, to say, okay, it's, it's, not, it's no fun at the moment, but... I know for whom I'm doing it. Can we revisit the confrere who loves it too much and it maybe finds escape? Is it possible that that almost becomes a form of idleness if we do some type of work too much and avoid what is necessary? (laughs) That's, That's a great point. I think it's a temptation for many people to cling too much to their work. And as you said, if, I, if I'm facing the parts of my work I don't like, or maybe the colleagues I have to work with and whom I don't like, this is actually the path to holiness. This is the path to become free Whereas those things I am good in and I find myself great, 
this can really be a trap for us spiritually. I think especially for men, men define themselves very strongly by their work. Mm -hmm. Women have the advantage they can bring forth life, life itself with their children when they deliver the children. A man is not able to do this. And in a way, men sometimes see their work as their children. And they love it dearly. <laughs> they do everything for mm -hmm. the work. And, and um, which is okay. I think men need that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the danger is that we are too much in love and cannot let go. Even to the point that we damage our bodies, mm. that we get a heart attack at some point or whatever. And that is not good. This is not what God wants. So Benedict's warning not to be too proud about what we do is not so much that he's against pride. I think he is, but it's more for the sake of the person uh, to be careful that he still is free and not occupied by his work. Mm. There rhythm of the day as well that the rhythm of prayer and stopping and just giving yourself that that time with god of, of loving going outside yourself to love him and to adore him to rest with him for a few moments it happens in the monastery but it can happen in our everyday life it, not just at lunchtime but it can happen if we create those times can't Can it? Oh, absolutely. I think so too. These little interruptions that we, of the work that we can enjoy. So this cup of coffee that I take in between or these little pauses, these little oases where we don't work will help finally to make our work more meaningful and even more successful. So again, work is not an ideal for St. Benedict, but it, be, it is, becomes meaningful if we fill it with this prayer. Mm. Sounds an awful lot like St. Therese. <laughs> but then again, that's St. Benedict, and it's, what, 1,500 years before her? Right. Mm. Any final thoughts? Yes, I would like to share with you a prayer, a very old prayer that was composed by Father Andreas Amrain. He was the founder of the missionary Benedictines in the 19th century, so the founder of our congregation here in Skyla. And he created a prayer in order to, to dedicate and to bless the work of the day. And we monks pray this every morning before we, after Lord's, before we start into the day's work. And I love this prayer very much. It's actually a meditation on the Holy Father, on the, our Father, 
It's a meditation on the Our Father. And I would like to share this with you. Mm. Heavenly Father, I offer you all the works of this day for the sanctification of your name, for the spread of your kingdom, for the fulfillment of your holy will, for the earning of our daily bread, in atonement for our sins, for protection in temptation and deliverance from all evil. Amen. Amen. How beautiful. Thank you so much, Father Mauricio. You're welcome. I thank you. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts, I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi.